Hi, my name is Ariane. I'm a traveler and I run a travel blog. Join me each week as I discover life, love, and the world. This is my Wonderlust Journey podcast. Hello, friends. I just wanted to start this podcast off by thanking Skillshare for supporting my podcast. I'm a very creative person and love learning something new. Skillshare has thousands of courses on topics such as how to grow your Instagram following, how to start a YouTube channel, or even personal development modules. There's something for everyone on Skillshare. To try Skillshare free for two months, visit my website, click on podcast at wonderlessjourney.ca. You can also find the link in my bio on my Instagram at wonderlessjourney.ca. If you have any questions, send me a message. I'd love to tell you more. Since last week's episode, I've received so many emails and Instagram messages with more questions, so I thought we would do another episode on how COVID-19 has changed travel while the current situation is still fresh on everyone's minds. So again, I'm going to start this episode off with a disclaimer that the thoughts and opinions discussed in this podcast are my own and not of any of my employers or anybody who supports my podcasts, etc. So the first question I received was in regards to locally Air Canada's announcement about non-expiring travel credits and also their announcement regarding starting routes to Europe. So I'm super excited about the travel credit announcement personally, as I do have a travel credit with Air Canada. I was set to fly to San Diego for a cruise on the Holland America Koningsdam in April. I was booked on Air Canada, and of course, that trip was canceled because of the coronavirus situation. So I was given the option at that point of a 12-month credit, then it was a 24-month credit. So I'm actually very excited that they did extend that to a non-expiring credit. I personally won't be using the qualifying miles option. So people were given the choice as to if they want the non-expiring credit and or they could use their so-called credit to give them qualifying miles for their altitude, which would give them towards their status with the airline. I personally think that using the credit for me is the better option. I know that I can get the status miles with my credit anyways, so I'm not concerned about that. But it is a good step in the right direction, I feel. And I also think it's a great thing that Air Canada is starting to fly along with other airlines. I'm excited to see this. It means things are starting to open up. Does that mean that you should jump online and book your flight right now? 
maybe not without a little bit more research. So what I mean by that is, yes, a lot of the European Union countries are starting to open to international visitors as of next month. So that's June. Iceland is offering free COVID-19 tests upon arrival. Italy, Greece are opening. Lots of places are opening. However, for Canadians traveling, we still have a travel advisory in effect. So that means, again, a few things. If you do leave the country, does that mean that you're going to have to quarantine when you get back? Currently, that is a thing. Also, in regards to, as I mentioned in my last podcast episode, insurance, if you do catch coronavirus abroad, it probably will mean that you're not covered for any medical expenses to do with that. So yes, I think it's definitely the step in the right direction as far as things starting to open up, and that's definitely positive. But I do think that we still have to be a little bit cautiously optimistic, and I would personally suggest to people to wait it out a little bit longer to see how things progress, especially as things are now just starting to open up. We might see the second wave, but again... I think it's still a great thing that we're seeing that. Second question that I received is, will business class tickets also fall in price? So maybe to begin with, but overall, probably not. With Zoom really kind of joining the world through the pandemic, I do think a lot of businesses have seen that they don't necessarily have to now spend money on international travel for business meetings. I think the work-at-home model has probably now been perfected, especially when it comes to productivity and whatnot. So a lot of face-to-face meetings when it comes to businesses probably don't need to happen anymore. Now, that being said, they always do like the write-offs, so I'm sure that some business meetings still will go ahead, but probably not as much. Now, the thing about the business class seating that I would say has been a little bit more attractive is the fact that a lot of them are pods. Now, with social distancing in play, that's going to be attractive to a lot more people now, especially those who might have anxieties flying that now with this COVID situation, it's probably made that that much more of an anxiety. So I do think that, yes, possibly because a lot of businesses are pulling back right now on travel there will be more availability in the way of business class seating. But at the same time, I do think that it's going to be that luxury item that people are going to want to have that social distancing. So I don't really think that business class tickets are going to fall that much in price because you are going to be guaranteed that pod to yourself. And Honestly, I see more of a demand for business class now than probably there has been in in the past, if I'm totally honest. And that kind of actually leads me into the next question. Are there demographics that will be less apt to travel in the future? 
And I do think that COVID-19 has really kind of affected and impacted, I would say, the older generation the most. And that's the generation that, you know, has the investment and the time to be able to travel the most. So I do think that, you know, those people, they're going to be more aware of their space because, you know, COVID-19 affects the older people more so than the younger people. Yes, younger people can still catch the virus for sure, but it is anyone that has a compromised immune system. I do think that they're going to want their social distancing the most. And that's why I think that the whole business class aspect, we are going to see people either invest now in business class or in premium economy that much more just because of the space aspect. But I do think we are going to see a little bit of a decline or at least some hesitation in the older generations going forward because they unfortunately were the hardest hit when it comes to the pandemic. Which economic sector has taken the biggest loss? So I'm going to say two separate sectors. So the luxury travel market and definitely the cruise travel market. So the reason that I believe the luxury travel market has taken a bit more of a hit is the fact that we're seeing a lot of people who are that 65 year plus, the more affluent couples, that's who I think, again, this virus has really taken a toll on, especially with the market situation, the economic situation. So I do think that the luxury market in those aspects has taken a bit of a hit. And travel is a luxury. And usually when times are tough, travel is usually the first thing to go, unfortunately. <laughs> Then obviously there's the cruise market, which was pretty heavily hit, which I spoke about last week. So there's quite a few sectors that have taken quite a large loss in the way of travel. They will come back, obviously. It's going to take, I think, some time. And I do think that there are some merits to both. Obviously, as I mentioned last week, the cruise lines, they are trying their best to make sure to win back the consumer's trust right now, especially in the way of cleanliness. And I think that even the luxury market, a lot of the luxury hotels, things like that, they typically will be having the budgets to really make sure that they give that impeccable service and cleanliness that people will from now on kind of expect, I think. So another question I received was, is solo travel going to be more popular after COVID-19? So I can only imagine how many people have been stuck with roommates, partners, family, 
<laughs> during this time. And I can't imagine what some people have gone through. So I do think that having a solo trip is on quite a few people's lists. It's funny because I actually have spoken with a few friends and that's actually what they've said is they're looking forward to a solo trip, just something where they can kind of get out, clear their mind, do their own thing. And I think that that's great. I actually think it's super healthy. And yeah, I do think that we're going to see a little bit more solo travel. Even saying that, I think that people who haven't traveled solo before, I think now because they have been kind of stuck inside for a few months, I've talked to other people who are like, oh, I don't know how you solo travel. You know, you're so brave. And now I've kind of spoken to some of those people and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you have to help me, you know, with going out and doing a solo trip because I just need to get out. <laughs> so I'm super excited to hopefully kind of start planning some trips for some people eventually once I get back at it. But yeah, it's actually funny to kind of have those conversations where people who really haven't traveled solo are now thinking about it. And people who have partners and or live in a roommate situation, they're really looking forward to traveling solo next year. It's it's quite interesting. So yeah, I do think that solo travel is going to be definitely more popular. Another question I received on Instagram was, will a COVID vaccine be mandatory to travel? I am not a doctor. <laughs> I am also not the government. So this is really going to come down to, I think, what governments think. And it's definitely going to be something that we'll have to watch. Honestly, I can't see any government making the COVID vaccine mandatory for travel. However, we also didn't think that a virus was going to shut the world down either. So honestly, who knows at this point? We, it's going to be a big wait and see situation as far as I'm concerned. The best advice I can give is if you're a Canadian, we have a great website as a resource for required vaccines to other countries, and that is travel.gc.ca. You can actually search by country, and it will give you visa requirements, uh, health warnings, anything like that. If you go under health, it will actually tell you which vaccines are recommended and or required for entry. It's a great resource to check out. So I think when it comes to COVID vaccines being mandatory, it's really something that we're going to have to watch. So I received this in an email. Are you happy the U.S.-Canadian border is still closed? All right. 
this is again personal opinion. <laughs> yes and no. I really want things to open up internationally so we can all really start to enjoy travel again. I know that, you know, I've got friends that who are married to US citizens and right now, you know, their families are currently broken up and that's it's it's sad. It's a sad situation. But am I happy that the U.S.-Canadian border is still closed? In a way, yes. That is my personal opinion. I do think that within Canada, we have done a good job of containing the pandemic. So, yeah, that's that's just kind of my personal opinion. I'm sad, though, at the same time, <laughs> because here in Vancouver, where I am, one of the biggest tourism opportunities, I guess you could say, is cruises to Alaska. And for a lot of my family friends, they've had to cancel their trips to Alaska this year, obviously, because a lot of companies have canceled cruises because of number one, the pandemic, obviously, but also because the Canadian US border is closed. And anywhere where tourism is taking a hit, it does hurt my heart. And that's just my honest opinion. So, you know, am I happy the US Canadian border is closed? Yes, but at the same time, no. I know that's a complicated answer, but it hurts me because I know that, you know, I've got clients who are supposed to go to Hawaii in a month or two because it's their 50th wedding anniversary. And I don't know if they're going to be able to go. It's, yeah, so things like that, it it hurts my heart. And like I said, I know I've got friends who their families are currently kind of split in a way. So yeah, it's, it's a complicated situation right now. And I do hope it opens safely. And I'm glad the governments are definitely doing their due diligence in that way. But yeah, I think that right now we do have the opportunity where we can travel and explore our own countries right now. And when the time comes that the governments do feel it's safe enough to open up the borders, you know, I'll definitely applaud that. So again, this is a question that I kind of touched on last week, but I think it's more of a clarification question. Are you worried about the cleanliness of hotels, cruise ships, airplanes, etc.? No. <laughs> Honestly, I think I've even said this in last week's episode. I honestly think that hotels, cruise ships, planes will be the cleanest they've ever been when it comes to traveling again. I will continue with my cleaning routine, which is wiping down everything with Lysol wipes, which are antibacterial wipes. I also use, I'm not sponsored by them, but 
The sage has a essential oil blend called Immune. I use that in a roll-on format, which I can roll underneath my nose. And I also travel with a small travel diffuser, which is called Naroma Roam. And I use that in my hotel room, usually my cruise ship, cabin, things like that. Not planning on changing my routine in that way. I'm also going to be planning on rolling that sage immune under my nose and then covering myself with a mask. It does smell really good, so I'm actually going to be doing this for my Everest Base Camp trek to mask some smells of outhouses, which, you know, will probably also come in very handy. So yeah, lots of different things. But, you know, I am actually seeing more hotels, cruise lines, airlines, even since last week, sharing more of their cleaning and sanitization routines, I guess you could say, on social media, which has been quite nice to see. And I think they're really working on customer confidence right now because I know that a lot of hotels have announced since last week that they are now going to be reopening the first week of June. So let's just be very real about the whole COVID-19 situation. COVID-19 has changed travel forever. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I actually think that it's a great thing in the way that we're going to see the cleanliness of things really come to the forefront. I think a lot of people now are going to invest in hotels that are showing that they're sticking towards a cleanliness factor. So I'm excited to see how this changes travel in that regard. Are there going to be growing pains? For sure. Are we going to see people complaining about things? For sure. But I think we're going to have to also read between the lines, which I think if you're a smart traveler, you do anyways. But I do think that, yes, COVID has definitely changed travel forever. But with the cleanliness factor, I don't think that that's a bad thing. So another question I got through Instagram was, you mentioned you're using this time for personal development right now. I'm thinking of using this time to learn a new language. Are there any apps you recommend? So I think that that's awesome that you want to take this time to learn a language. I think it's a great time to learn a language, to be perfectly honest. The apps I would recommend, definitely take a look into Duolingo. I've been using that app personally for Italian and Hungarian. I think it's a great app. I've really noticed, especially the last couple times I've been to Italy, I'm a little bit more conversational (laughs) than in the past. So I think Duolingo is a great app. It's free, which is also another plus. So yeah, I would say to give Duolingo a shot. I'm not sponsored by them in any way, but I just personally like to use that app. I think it's actually quite fun. 
And the last question that I received through Instagram was, do you think the second wave of COVID-19 will be worse than the first for travel? So I'm really hoping that we've all kind of learned our lessons, I guess you could say, of how we need to react and act (laughs) so that this doesn't happen again. Honestly, I don't think governments, businesses can afford another total shutdown, if I'm totally honest. I know it's possible. I mean, nobody thought that we'd be shutting down to begin with, but I really don't think that a lot of businesses can survive another shutdown. So I do think that a lot of businesses, travel and otherwise, have learned how they can still operate businesses through a pandemic. So again, if we're diligent on the cleanings, things like that, social distancing, and going forward, like I said, I do think that this has changed travel forever. What that is going to look like in the future, honestly, right now, no one can say because not many people are traveling. (laughs) So once we start to get really up and running, I think as a travel industry as a whole, I think it's going to be a little bit of learning. It's going to be a lot of you know, there might be baby steps when it comes to certain things. But I do think that if a second wave does happen, I'm very hopeful, I guess, that we're not going to see the same shutdown, total shutdown anyways. Again, there might be situations that arise in the industry that I think think will have to be tackled, such as if there is another outbreak on a cruise ship or if, you know, somebody on a flight did carry it or, you know, I think that that will most likely be now a new norm. But that's not to say that other issues have in the past been a norm. And what I mean by that is people, unfortunately, when you're on a plane, you know, a lot of people, they would say, oh, I hate flying. I always get sick. Or I know people that have gone on cruises and they've caught Norwalk virus. Or, you know, there's so many different things that I can kind of mention in regards to sicknesses. Yes, coronavirus is definitely one of those things that is different, but in a way, it's the same. (laughs) You know, cleanliness is still something that, you know, is going to be key going forward. Do I think that someone with a cold is going to be able to get on a plane in the next six months? Probably not. So, you know, I think, again, things are going to change and it's going to really be a wait and see approach as to how things are going to change going forward. And I think companies have had to realize that change 
pivoting is definitely the way to survival through all of this. So I've said it several times. I'm excited to see what travel looks like after this whole situation. I think that I mentioned this last week, the whole small group travel has really kind of come to the forefront again and again. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at instead of the larger cruises overall, they're going to be looking at smaller ships, river cruises, I think are going to be very popular because of the smaller group sizes or smaller passenger counts, so to speak. I'm excited to see how travel evolves after this. And I think that is the key thing. We are going to get through this. We are getting through it. We are on the tail end, so to speak. And I guess that's what I'm so excited about is everyone is so excited to start traveling again. I know I've seen so many polls out there that people honestly can't wait to travel again. And that gives me so much hope. I know I was actually talking to somebody the other day and I saw a plane in the sky and I pointed up and I just said, hope. (laughs) I mean, it's such a rarity that you even see a plane in the sky right now. It's crazy. But it is. I'm hopeful. And I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you are a traveler at heart. And, you know, we're all hopeful that things are going to get better when it comes to travel right now. And keep that positivity. As I mentioned in my last episode, you know, it's okay to start dreaming and start looking towards the future when it comes to travel. You know, where are you going in 2021 or 2022? I mean, that seems like a far away time, but is it really? Like, I mean, not to be depressing, but we're already end of May in 2020. This year, in some ways, yes, it feels like, you know, it's it should be 2022 by now, but in some ways, I feel like 2020 has kind of gone by kind of quickly. So... <laughs> I do think that we all just need to stay positive. Travel will come back. And yes, there's definitely going to be some growing pains here and there when it comes to travel restarting, but I know it's going to come back stronger than ever. And I feel like COVID-19 has maybe helped shape the true travel industry from now on. Anyways, these are just my personal opinions. (laughs) But again, thanks to everyone who reached out and who emailed me questions and who also sent me direct messages on Instagram. I really appreciate it. If you would like to get in touch with me to work with me as your travel agent, I would love to have a chat. I am currently inactive. As I mentioned in the last episode, I'm currently like a pilot without a plane to fly. (laughs) 
<laughs> so as soon as the travel industry kind of gets back on its feet, I'm hoping to be reinstated as an active travel agent. And in the meantime, I am putting future clients on a wait list. So if you would like to get in touch with me to work with me in the future, please send me an email at info at wonderlustjourney.ca. And I'd love to have a chat with you in the future and work with you and plan your dream trip. I hope you found today's episode on how COVID-19 has changed travel part two helpful and inspiring. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review and share this podcast with friends. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if you have any topics in mind you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please email me at podcast at wonderlessjourney.ca or send me a message on Instagram at wonderlessjourney.ca. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.